Hi, I'm Latresa. And I'm Clancy. And we are a mother-daughter duo that shares a love and admiration for all things Elvis. On this podcast, you can expect a deep dive into the life of Elvis Presley. We will discuss books written by Elvis's friends, family members, and others who knew him best. We will critique and enjoy Elvis movies, concerts, and music with those who grew up listening to his music, watching his movies, enjoying his concerts, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of Elvis fans along the way. With all the misconceptions surrounding Elvis, we want to remember his life and his legacy. The man, the friend, the entertainer, and the philanthropist. This podcast is dedicated to those of us who celebrate the life of one of the greatest entertainers of all times. Let's Talk Elvis! Hey guys, it's Clancy and Latresa, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Elvis podcast. As we've done for the last few episodes, I'm going to read some of the this week's reviews on Apple Podcasts. We have one from Sue's Choice that says, love, love, love. I totally enjoyed listening. I have listened to two so far, and the ladies are so articulate. Very interesting content and love their positivity. And then there's one from LFR63 that said, awesome podcast. So, yay. Thank thank, you, guys. Thank you so much. We will continue reading these reviews. So, please continue leaving them. We love it. It makes all this worth it and keeps us going. It really does. It really does. So, if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, I highly encourage you go give it a listen. It's probably my favorite that we've done so far. It's got a ton of really great information on uh, Elvis's early life and his parents and great grandparents, but there's so much to say that we had to break it up into parts. So today is Gladys and Elvis part two. That's exactly right. And when we left off, we were talking about Elvis had just started uh, his uh, singing career uh, with Sun Studios. He had uh, recorded My Happiness uh, for his mother for her birthday. And uh, so things started happening very quickly for Elvis and he began to get very popular. And uh, we're going to talk about um, how that affected his relationship with Gladys. Um, I I was reading and sharing with with Clancy a little bit earlier that um, I had read that Elvis and Gladys would uh, walk through the neighborhood together and there was a mansion uh, on the walk that they took most of the time and he would say, Mama, one day I'm going to buy you a mansion. And he always, they always talked and they always dreamed about things that they wanted to happen in their lives. And and so it's kind of a, a sweet little story that they had these dreams and aspirations and that they, they saw them basically they saw them come true um gonna start a little bit one thing about uh gladys and the relationship that she had with elvis um if you know anything about elvis he um many times it doesn't matter uh, where you get your information many times he was quoted saying that uh, that his mom was his best girl and mm-hmm. so we're going to be talking about girlfriends a little bit and mm-hmm. the relationship that uh, Gladys had with Elvis's girlfriends. Yeah. So that's a little bit interesting. Uh, Gladys uh, 
had it was kind of um ironic i feel like which i feel like it i i keep going back to this to being a southern southern lady um gladys was not jealous of elvis's girlfriends um she did not see them as a threat as you might assume she would with the relationship that she always had with elvis um the first girlfriend that really is mentioned in elvis's uh love life is dixie Locke. And Dixie was a girl that he had met at church. And um, and Gladys was very fond of Dixie and mm -hmm. that was actually friends with Dixie's family as well. Um, I think Dixie's mom had lost a child and the two of them bonded. And uh, Dixie was a big part of the Presley family when Elvis uh, began his career and he would leave home and be gone. Dixie would actually go and stay with Gladys and spend time there with her. If you haven't read her book yet, we've bought it at Marlowe's, one of our favorite restaurants in Memphis. It's a barbecue place. They have a great gift shop and um, we bought it there and my mom read it to me on the i drove and she read it on the way home from our last memphis trip and it's a great book and i think the name of it is dixie unlocked her name was dixie lock great book so it's Highly an easy recommend. read and yeah. it was it was really good and she seemed like a sweet girl mm -hmm. uh, like a, a very it good was like girl. a puppy love relationship it really was they basically grew up together yeah um but you know southern tradition was that you married early and that soon after the wedding, children followed. And so Gladys was a, truly a Southerner. And so um, I think she was thinking that Elvis was going to marry him a Southern gal and, uh, and start giving her some grandchildren. I have a quote uh, that says, this was for someone that was close to Gladys, said Gladys, a country woman, would have been worried if Elvis had not had a serious girlfriend at this age. So there again, you've got uh, the Southern tradition of marrying early and, and having a whole parcel of grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So um, then I, we also, I, I just kind of looked, I've read at several of the books that sometime we would like to go do ha a podcast on Elvis's women, I think, or his yeah, old girlfriends. Sure. That would be like a podcast for each yes definitely but i'm trying to move along through the relationships and we don't anita, want to get it all the way right no we don't but anita wood was another one of elvis's um, early on serious girlfriends mm -hmm. and gladys was said to have adored the couple and um and anita spent a lot of time at graceland um mm -hmm. the the relationship was platonic in that um Elvis lived with his parents and his grandmother and uh, and usually some other relatives. And Anita was living, um, she was um, living in a friend of her, someone in her family. And so she, when she and Elvis started dating, a lot of times it would be too late for her to travel back home. So she just started spending the night. So she basically lived at Graceland with the family but uh but she was another one of the girlfriends that gladys was very fond of and she is actually the one that that went with she was with gladys and vernon and elvis when he went into um be drafted his into the to do his um um whatever you call his it when time they, in the army yeah when they are sworn in uh to the army 
But when I was reading all of these, I came across an article about Natalie Wood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Natalie Wood was a famous starlet um, and very beautiful girl. And her sister did a memoir of her. And in her sister's memoir, it basically tells about Elvis and Natalie's romance, which was short-lived. But according to Natalie, um, she had gone to Memphis to meet Elvis's parents and spend some time with him there. And she left after a couple of days. And she was quoted, she called her sister and she said, I don't have a chance, get me out of this and fast. So she and her sister came up with a scheme and had her mom to call and basically say there was a family emergency and Natalie needed to return home. But Natalie described Gladys as jealous and domineering. Mm. And if you read anything about uh, Gladys and uh, some of her uh, advice to Elvis, I think she had told Elvis not to marry uh, a movie star. Yeah. I've read that multiple, multiple, multiple places that she did not want him with a Hollywood actress at all. Yeah. And so, you know, the the Southern ladies, she did not have a problem with. But then when it came to a starlet or someone that was in the business, uh, she was not very trusting. And no. she what, did not approve of that. And then we have uh, June... Juanico, and I enjoyed her story too. I've read her story, and um, and I read somewhere, and I don't know if June said this or if someone else did, but it was stated that um, June was the only girl that Elvis's mother ever approved of, and I have to um, to disagree with that. I you know, and yeah. I, I don't know exactly where that came I do too. from, but they she actually June actually dated in between Dixie and Anita. And uh, she dated him in like 55 and 56. There again, very, very early on in his, uh, in his mm -hmm. career. And, uh, but apparently in an interview that came out, she stated that she was uh, Elvis's steady girl. And, uh, and so the next day Elvis came out with an article that where he was quoted saying that he, he denied that he was, that she was a steady girlfriend. And uh, basically said that when he was in Biloxi, that uh, he didn't go out with anybody else. But I feel like a lot of that, um, I think Elvis made girls feel like they yeah. were the one and only. Yeah. And I think he basically felt that way. I think he loved women. And I think yeah. that he, he made them feel very special. Um, but I'm there sure again, he did care about them. But at the same time, too, he... No, I'm not saying he didn't like them. I think that he cared about all of them, but also he was a young boy that was just enjoying early fame. Exactly. There's no way that he was looking to settle down. Exactly, exactly. He was enjoying the girls that he met on tour. And if you read George Klein's book, uh, one of the, I've mentioned him several times, one of the Memphis Mafia members, like his job, when he would go on the road with Elvis was to scout out the girls and ask them oh, to yes. meet up with them after the show. He was not very serious about anybody. Exactly. Not saying he didn't care about exactly. them, but he had a, he was charming and knew how to make them feel special. And he did that with his audience too. He did. I, I agree. And, and one thing too, um, that I feel like he, I feel like 
he in the moment felt that. I, yeah, I don't think he was a womanizer or anything in that in that, especially at this time in his life. And like I say, you know, I, this is just what I assume, but I believe he was truly. I I just believe he had a very, um, a very. He was very grateful for beautiful women. He thought that mm-hmm. was a, a a great blessing from the Lord that was beautiful women. And um, and Alan Fortress, I found a quote from him. One of his Memphis Mafia members. He was a member of the it. Memphis Mafia. And he said that Elvis craved the attention of someone who adored him without the threat of sexual pressure, much like a mother would. And and I know that, you know, you 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 hear all these stories, and I'm sure he had I'm sure he had one night stands forever and and you read about a lot of the things that happened when he was in germany and things but i do feel like that attention of someone who just loved him just just as himself or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't think that i i I think there was a lot of sexual pressure there and um and and he felt he felt very um uncomfortable with the uh with the reputation of being the sex idol and things like that so mm-hmm. i feel like it was probably um you know uh, he he did he loved being adored but i think that uh, a lot of the women you know kind of read in between the lines and then again the colonel encouraged him to date beautiful women and i'm sure the colonel had um you know maybe he liked some of them a lot and the colonel had something to do with trying to to i mean it wasn't men that made him famous it was no, women it was and so you know i think the colonel worked on both sides of that to create this um this fantasy and this sex sex uh, sexual being that uh, everybody was attracted to and then i think he also you know he um he would keep him at bay where it wasn't like he did not want people to think that he had a a steady girlfriend they all wanted he wanted them to all feel like they had the the Mm -hmm. chance to be with him yeah um but uh but one thing that i read i i read a lot about um it, it it took a lot of my time just researching the early years of Elvis's, like basically before he really started making good money. And, um, and when he and, um, and his parents lived at Lauderdale court, it was a, it was a, um, government housing. housing. And, um, about the time they got to, um, Memphis. Memphis. Yes, thank you. <laughs> About the time they got to Memphis was when Vernon, start, Vernon started having severe back problems. So it was like a month to month thing. A lot of the time Elvis was ready to quit high school. He really didn't feel like he needed high school. He wanted to be a singer. He didn't think he needed to be a uh, high school graduate to be a singer um and he was having to make money he was having to work and so he basically they had a lot of uh, of issues gladys was determined that he would graduate high school and Mm. i think you know he he was really glad that he did yeah but um but a lot of the time they spent either not able to make rent or going above what they were allowed to have to be in the government housing and kind of having to go back and forth with paying um 
being fined for for having uh, been late or having to pay more because they had crossed over the line where they were supposed to be. But Elvis hated to see his mother working. One thing that really bothered him uh, was that uh, was his mother working. She worked at a hospital as as an aide, and um, and all of the the patients loved her. They saw her as someone who was very caring, and they would actually ask for her. Um, they said she made them feel special when the other ones would just kind of shove them around. But but Elvis talked about her, you know. Um, emptying bed pans and scrubbing floors, and he, he wanted better for his mom. And so um, one of the things, one of the first things that he did when he did um, start making money, this is a really cute story. When he first started making money, um, he bought his parents um, some new clothes as a surprise, and they went and had a professional um photograph made wearing the clothes to surprise him. And I think that's so such sweet. a sweet little story of yeah. just how just how much they loved each other mm -hmm. and how their how deep their relationship for each other was. Yeah. I just thought that was precious. So sweet. But when he started making money, one of the first things that he did, of course, he loved clothes. He went to mm -hmm. Lansky Brothers and he he bought him clothes. But he also yeah. bought clothes for every member of the family. He bought them jewelry. He got um, he got them a car. That pink Cadillac. For yeah, his mom. pink Cadillac. Um, that wasn't the first, I don't think. But no. that was. Um, and Gladys was working at the hospital the first time she had ever seen a pink Cadillac. Somebody, one of the patients, was being discharged and. Um, they pulled up a big pink Cadillac for her, and he, she was telling Elvis all about this pink Cadillac, and he said, Mama, I'm going to buy you one one day. So yeah. that's where the pink Cadillac came in. But uh, his goal, after he, after he had bought all the, the jewelry and the cars and the trinkets, he wanted to make sure that his mom had all the latest kitchen gadgets. He wanted her life to be as easy as he could possibly make it because he had seen her have to work so hard. Washing machine, you know, anything that, um, that would prove to make life easier for her, all the kitchen gadgets, he had to have them for his mom. And they moved around a lot. At first they were renting houses they rented a four-bedroom house on Lamar Avenue, and then they rented a little more substantial house on Getwell Street. And then the first home that Elvis actually purchased was on Audubon Drive, mm -hmm. and we've actually been to that house. We've actually yeah. seen that house. But I thought that this was this was another one of those sweet little stories. It was once it was one level. And he liked that because it was easier on, on Gladys's legs because she had had so much trouble mm, yeah. with her legs. Um, but um, at the beginning of um, when they first bought the house, Mary Rhodes, who was a friend of Gladys's, said that um, Gladys was a kind-hearted country woman who liked her beer and her movies, who was made anxious and not a little confused by what was expected of her in her new role. Watching Elvis become involved with people who were complete strangers to her, that really, yeah. that really upset her. But she told a story about when they, 
moved into Audubon Drive, their first home that they actually owned since they'd had the little two bedroom yeah. or the two room house shack, in Tupelo. Uh, but she, Gladys wanted to take all the old furniture from their rental house, all these old pieces, odds and ends of furniture. She wanted to take them with her to the new house. I mean, she really had no idea that yeah. they were, you know, able to go out and buy whatever they wanted for their new yeah. house. And uh -huh. she said that it took her a lot of eloquence to explain why this was not a good idea. And so she took Elvis and Gladys to a reputable furniture shop and helped them pick out the furniture for their home on Audubon Drive. Wow. And I loved that story. Yeah. But um, also, you know, she, she I, mean, I touched a little bit on her. She was nervous because people were, it was people that she, she had always known everyone in Elvis's life. Yeah. She had always had that, that, approval uh, uh you know the mm -hmm. the ability to basically control who who entered elvis's life mm -hmm. and at this point she's seeing that he's been taken away from her and so yeah. this is basically where it starts to begin and then to, yeah. even in the movie when you were watching the movie and they're sitting there at one of the concerts and she says they're trying to kill my boy or yeah. something like yeah. that. And, uh, and that truly happened. She was, she was all upset, um, that she thought they were going to hurt him. And, um, and so she, you know, she was really upset over that. And, um, she, ba he basically has to, to, um, put his foot down and tell her that she can't come to see to anymore. Wow. If it's going to bother her that bad, um, he says, uh, this is a quote from him. He said, mama was down in Florida what, once when the girls mobbed me and she was afraid they would hurt me. And I told her, mama, if you're going to feel that way, you better not come to any more of my shows because that stuff's going to keep happening. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so he, any, anyway, he ended up having to basically tell her she couldn't come to the shows anymore. And, wow. um, and about that time, I, I think ironically to the day that he basically cuts the apron strings and says, Mama, you can't come and see me anymore. I'm going to have to step out on my own. Three months to the day, he signs with the colonel. So wow. three months of freedom, I guess you would wow. say. He goes from one frying pan mm -hmm. to another into the air fryer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... Um, but anyway, then part then Colonel Parker steps into the picture, and uh, Gladys was never a fan of Colonel Parker. Mm -hmm. uh, Vernon immediately was sold on Parker. He he trusted him. He was excited. He saw dollar signs and he saw success. But Gladys never trusted the Colonel. And when he started performing and doing a lot of traveling. She all she could see was her her son was exhausted and he was pale from not being able to uh, get enough rest and being on the road. Um, and she would be hurt by the comments, you know, all the comments that came out about him being vulgar and yeah. and, uh, and preachers talking bad about him and saying it was devil music and I'm it sure. broke her heart and. Um, if you know anything about Elvis as a child, and another reason that Gladys slept with him until he was 13 was that he was a sleepwalker. Mm -hmm. And um, and he had started sleepwalking again when all of this started happening. He started sleepwalking again. And, of course, here he is 
in hotel rooms and traveling and away from mama. Yeah. So that led to that led to her um uh, to her concerns and things. But her older sister Lillian is quoted as saying, after Elvis became famous, Gladys was never happy another day. Yeah. That's you see in a lot of pictures and I think I said last week I posted a reel on our Instagram page of her and him and everyone a lot of comments were like she never looked happy she was never happy and she had a hard life but she really it was like they talked about him being famous they wanted these things you know the mansion and the pink Cadillac and stuff but when it came down to it it wasn't it wasn't all that exactly she thought it would be she'd rather have had him home with her all the time oh yeah oh yeah and uh and and lillian her sister is also quoted as saying the pink cadillacs fresh cut flowers pretty trinkets always yearn for the good things in life but now that she could have anything she ever wanted all she wanted was elvis and mm -hmm. he was gone yeah he, he, she lost him. She got what all the other things that she thought she wanted, but in the mean, in the process, she did lose her son. Yeah. So, um, and he was filming about the time, you know, he, he was just getting into fame. He had just purchased Graceland. He, they'd moved from Audubon Drive. They Which had he a bought lot of, for her. He did. That mansion. Graceland was bought mm -hmm. for Gladys and, um, and she, um, the house at Audubon, the people found out, the girls would find out that he lived there. And so it was not the neighborhood that it, it was did. was not private. They were making the neighbors mad because of the, all the people coming at all hours of the day and night. So he purchased Graceland and he purchased mm -hmm. it for his mother and for mm -hmm. his dad, for his parents. It was their home. Mm -hmm. um, but he was filming King Creole and he was preparing to go into the army. He had already, you know, he had already been drafted. He knew that was coming. He got a little bit of extra time, but um, his parents and Anita went with him uh, to the preview, preview of the movie. And then he had to report um, on March 24th, he reported for the draft board uh, to be inducted into the army. And by this time, Gladys was extremely sick and unable to eat. She, um, she had a drinking problem. She, um, it's mentioned in, in, in a few different places. One thing that I also read several places was that as, um, as Elvis became popular and, you know, there were pictures of Elvis and his parents, she was very self-conscious because she was overweight. So she began diet mm. pills. She started taking diet pills and then she was also drinking the alcohol. Yeah. And so um, she, by the time he went into the uh, boot camp, she was, she was already getting very, very ill. So um, he goes to boot camp. They end up going to Fort Hood in Texas along with him, Gladys and Vernon follow him. But Gladys gets very sick while they're there. And so she ends up having to go home. And uh, once that she returns home, immediately she is sent to the Methodist hospital. And they say that she has a very critical um, hepatitis. And I have a quote from Priscilla's book that um, when she met Elvis in Germany, it was 1959 that she first met him. So his mom had died in 1958 um he 
She said he expressed how deeply he loved and missed her and how in many ways he dreaded returning to Grayson without her there. It had been his gift to her, a private estate that he'd purchased for $100,000 a year before she died, and that he believed that his mom had eventually given up on life. Her health had begun to deteriorate when he was drafted, and her love for Vernon and Elvis was so great that she could never face the loss of either of them and often said she wanted to be the first to go. And in her mind... She still thought of Germany as World War II Germany. She didn't think of it as the peacetime condition that it was in. To her, it still represented war and danger. So her son that she can't bear to live without, in her mind, is going off to war in Germany. And um, she just, and she said, um, his death, her death affected him more than anyone could fully understand. And he blamed himself for not being with her when she fell ill and had to be sent back home to Memphis under a doctor's care. And that in time, he realized that Gladys had resorted to drinking and he was very concerned that this could become a problem. And as much as he consoled her and assured her that he would be home in 18 months and that Germany was peaceful, um, and begged her to join him in Germany, her fear of losing her only son drove her to her grave. Exactly. And that's basically from what all accounts that I can read that basically she grieved, she, she grieved herself to death. Um, so on August the 12th, the army granted, um, Elvis an emergency leave and he was planning, he was threatening to go AWOL. He mm -hmm. wanted to be with his mom. Mm -hmm. The minute she got home, she was placed mm -hmm. in hospital in the hospital. And uh, so on the 12th, they gave him leave and um, he went home to be by her side. And um, she died in the hospital. Vernon was by her side. And Elvis had been to see her that night. He had kissed her goodnight, and he had gone home to Graceland to rest. And uh, it was August the 14th in 1958. She was 46 years old. And Elvis said when the phone rang, he knew, before he ever answered the phone, he knew that his mom had died. Mm -hmm. And he went straight to the hospital to be by her side. But um, they were not allowed to grieve privately um there's the picture of uh, elvis and vernon on the on the steps at and Graceland. they cover that in the movie a little bit they do they do and uh, in the movie the colonel says your dad needs you and you need to go out the and that just to me pictures. shows they would never and it Rarely, I mean, they, they just didn't feel like they could tell the colonel no. Because to me, if that was him, I'd say no. Tell the reporters to go home. My mom just died. I'm not going to take pictures in front of the house for them. Like, why do they need me crying? Me and my dad. Exactly. You know, his wife, my mom just died. But they they did what he said. And there's no way, there's no way. I, they just didn't feel like they could tell him no. Well, and I feel like, too, I feel like Elvis was in such a state at that time. I don't think he really realized. I think he just was kind of in a fog, a fog yes, and was just kind of being led along. Mm -hmm. um, but there were quotes. He said, she's all we lived for. Uh, she was always my best girl. Um, he 
he wouldn't leave the casket alone. And I don't want to be too, I, I feel like it's really, um, to me, I feel disrespectful by going in. I, I've read a lot of things about how um, how distraught he was, and and I feel like that's a personal thing, and and you don't know, but but onlookers have you know uh, written things about it and everything, but they said he just he couldn't leave her side, that he that he couldn't mm-hmm. stop touching her, that he couldn't leave her side, and that they eventually had to put to cover the coffin with glass to keep him from, from yeah. touching. Yeah. And that's, that, that, that is sad. That's, that's so very, sad. very sad. Yeah. Um, but I also read that, um, he said, uh, goodbye, my darling. Goodbye. I loved you so much. I lived my whole life for you. Oh God, everything I have is gone. And I really believe that's the way he felt. And yeah. I believe that just like a part of Elvis, and Gladys died when they lost Jesse. I feel like a part of Elvis died with his mm, mom. No I feel doubt. like there was no a doubt. big part of Elvis that just closed down. At and that everyone point in time. that knew him before and after said he was never the same. Yeah, um, Gladys's quotes. sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gladys's sister Lillian said that. Uh, that after Gladys died, he changed completely. He he didn't seem like the Elvis, like Elvis ever again after that point. Yeah, but he was given an extended leave after her death. He he had several uh, days, and he would not come out of his room. I think it was like nine days, and he stayed mm-hmm. in his room. They they said he had a virus or whatever, you know. But he was mourning the yeah. loss of his mother and yeah. he was going to have to end up going overseas and when he came back home she was going to be gone mm-hmm. and so that was you know uh, all traces of her i mean it would just be you know um i'm sure he was like in a fog at the time like you say and and then to know that upon his return she wasn't going to be there to greet him and it, yeah. and it was it was her home it was for her I have a quote from his double first cousin, Patsy, that kind of goes along with that. It said, I never saw a more loving relationship between a mother and son. Aunt Gladys was full of fun and energy. She brought out the best in Elvis, and he inherited her vitality and humor. When Gladys was around, Elvis was never down or depressed. When Elvis was away, Gladys was never relaxed. She worried something would happen to her boy. The bond between them was so close, no one could get in between. Gladys gave Elvis the confidence he needed to go out into the world. When she left the world, he didn't know what to do. Maybe it was a good thing that he had to go back to the Army where he was sent over to Germany. Being at Graceland right after his mother passed might have been too much to bear. His homecoming in 1960 was wonderful. Graceland was exciting again. Graceland was alive again. I could see he was thrilled to be home, but I also felt his sadness. I felt how much he missed his mother. For all the wonderful times at Graceland, all the meals and parties and games and birthdays and holidays, Graceland was never the same after Aunt Gladys passed. Elvis was never the same. Yeah, there we go. And I have a quote that um, somebody on one of the set of his movies, they said if a girl ever walked in, if a woman ever walked into the room, Elvis stood, he gave them his seat, and how, how respectful he always was to women. And just what a good Southern gentleman he was. And Elvis was quoted as saying, my mama raised me to have good manners and to be a good Christian. Yeah. I have another quote from him that said, 
Everyone loves their mother, but I was an only child, and mother was always right there with me all my life. It wasn't like losing a mother. It was like losing a friend, a companion, someone to talk to. I could wake her up any hour of the night if I was worried or troubled by something, and she'd get up and try to help me. That's a special relationship. Yeah. And something else that um, that I had read that I thought was really cute, too, was that, uh, you know how Elvis, she, Gladys was so protective of him. Mm -hmm. She would not let him do anything dangerous. No. And then, you know, as an adult, he has a love for guns and horses mm -hmm. and physical sports and mm -hmm. uh, fast cars yep. and motorcycles. Stuff that she would never let him partake in as a kid. Yeah, kind of funny that everything she would not let him do as a child, as a man, after her passing, he seemed to excel and, and become mm -hmm. very active in all of them. I thought yeah. that was kind of cute. It is funny. And also from Priscilla's book, which I've heard multiple people say this too. She said, I was to learn that Elvis's mother, Gladys, was the love of his life. Exactly. I think that's that's a given. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a very special relationship, and I really feel like um, when he lost Gladys, he really lost a big part of himself. Definitely. I do too. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't ever the same. Way to end on a sad note. But oh, so much for positivity. Yeah. Um, we we really love digging into their relationship. And I've, I've really loved how these two episodes have turned out. If you guys have any more questions or want us to research further into Elvis and Gladys, message us. Um, follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast and TikTok at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. And you can message us there, and we'll try to find out any information you want to know. Make sure to subscribe and uh, give us a rating, and we'll be sure to read it. And, yeah. Thank just, you. Yes, we just thank you so much for yes, letting us have this you. opportunity to dig into Elvis's life even more. Yeah, we, we love, love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> have a great week. See you next week. Bye.